0: You're listening to the C to Z of Movies My name's Colin, I'm on a new laptop uh, Let's see if this works uh, With me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm the C, with me is Zijan the Z Hello Zijan
1: Hello, uh, we are not doing what we say we're going to do today uh, No, no
0: For, for anyone who's looking forward to our movies you remember, you remember from 2012 Yep, I that's think. the one um, That's not happening It's not even happening next time, it's happening the time after next We know yeah. what we're doing
1: Yeah <laughs> So just wait for it. It's one month's time. Uh,
0: awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the, let let us know. In fact, if you want to about the the, the films of twenty twelve that you uh, that you recall fondly or otherwise, send does at a movies at gmail.com. and uh, we'll we'll chuck those in. Uh, no, we're, today we're doing um, doing Elvis. What? Elvis uh, is the film out. We'll talk about it um, in consummate detail uh we're also doing a quiz on uh the films of alex garland with looking back at my fair lady zeejian might even tell us a little bit about uh how it compares to the on-stage experience yep uh and much 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 more, more. i feel like you didn't get the chance to do your usual uh opening anecdotes no Zijan.
1: i don't i don't really have an anecdote this time around to be fair
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Well, look, people have to make do with um our, our lack of scheduling um capabilities and the fact that i've got a new laptop. That's, uh, that's all the anecdotes you, you need. I think
1: you having a new laptop is anecdotally enough.
0: That's really. solid, isn't it? That's solid stuff. Next time though, next time we'll be, we'll be full of anecdotes <laughs> we've, uh, after we've watched the Back to the Future musical together.
1: Exactly. We are actually going to meet in person again after how long? Oh, um... Last year. Last year. Yes, it's, it's, not like, last year yeah. it's not that long, is it? But, uh, <laughs> no, not really.
0: But uh, yes, no, we will, we will be, uh, we'll be on... What was? It's the first time we've watched anything on stage together since... Uh, Harry since Potter. Harry Potter. That was a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, maybe we'll sneak in a quick uh, Back to the Future stage review next time. Who knows? who knows? But we start as we always do, Zijan, with movie news. That doesn't change. Nope. Uh, what, what's going on in the world of movies?
1: So we finally find out who Sigourney Weaver is playing in Avatar Two. I've been.
0: Um, I've. Uh, it's been eight years. I've been looking forward to finding out who <laughs> Sigourney Weaver is going to be playing. Actually, no. That, that's, that eight years is just since when Avatar Two was first supposed to come out. It's been. 14 years since the first one got It's a long time. 13. I
1: mean, Jim Jim's camera is saying like, oh, this Avatar thing is going to be like Lord of the Rings. It's not. Um, <laughs> I, did, I,
0: saw, I said that it's like Lord of the Rings, but I had to write the novels as well. <laughs> so, uh, oh, James.
1: It is It is quite long. I mean, some people are waiting for this. Who I, Do you know anyone who's waiting for Avatar 2?
0: Uh, literally no one. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah. for those who remember um, Avatar 1, Sigourney Weaver's character died. In the first Avatar, yeah, so
0: I, c- I couldn't have told you that for a million dollars. <laughs> so, I <have> no idea.
1: <laughs> so when they when, when they say that oh she's coming back to um, Avatar two, people are wondering huh who is she going to play then? Mm. Uh, apparently we, we found out.
0: <laughs> yep, we've all been wondering, but now we know.
1: <laughs> so we found out that Sigourney Weaver is going to play uh, the adopted teenage Na'vi daughter of Jake and Neytiri.
0: Thank goodness. Um, Jake and someone else being... um, What's-his-face and uh, Zoe Saldana, right?
1: (laughs) Sam Worthington?
0: Yes. Can't wait. Are we doing an episode on that? I can't remember now.
1: I don't think so. I
0: don't think so either.
1: Well, unless if COVID hits, then we have no choice.
0: (laughs) No choice at all. Uh, I feel that there's something else that's coming out around Christmas. Black Panther, maybe? That are on... At the same time,
1: is it? I can't remember.
0: Um, I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch it, I suppose. i still don't. Know. Do we know yet? Do we yet know if I need to dust off my 3D glasses? Because I'm not excited about doing that.
1: Uh, I remember I still had a collection of like four 3D glasses back home in oh, Bristol. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened to them. Already. I probably threw them away, but
0: yeah. I have my one pair that's been I, I've still been keeping hold of. I'm wow. ready to go. Ready to go. Well, yeah, okay, fine, good good to know. Um, Netflix, which uh, you don't have and I do, uh, they're going to start introducing adverts, but uh, only if you want to join their advertising tier. So you pay a bit less and you sit, sit through some adverts. DJ, you're a man who's given up Netflix recently. Um, would this would the prospect of paying less but watching adverts bring you back to
1: it? No, that's the worst idea
0: ever. <laughs> it does seem the, the worst of both worlds, isn't it? I can't imagine having to sit through ne- adverts why? on Netflix. That would be why? horrific. That's... Oh, I okay, um because they are losing uh, lots of yeah. Money. I know, I know why. I should have said why, not why, but yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, why this decision though? Like this particular one. I mean,
0: it's yeah, it's awful. It depends on yeah. I mean, if it's free with adverts, I can see people doing it. But I can't, yeah. Uh, I guess what what price per month do you put on not having to sit the adverts?
1: Yeah, exactly. How much less do we need to pay?
0: Yeah. I and mean, if it was half price, I mean, even then I have already. I definitely wouldn't. No.
1: There are so many rubbish programs on Netflix on its own. now. you be even more upset if they had to the slog it adverts with those rubbish programs. Yeah. Ah. When
0: I, when I on, Twitter, did you know, on, on, on Twitter, I get various topics suggested to me. Uh, one of which is Wolfhampton Wanderers. That's fine. Uh, one of which is football. Great. Yeah. And one of which is Love Island. <laughs> no, matter, <laughs> no matter how many times I click not interested, it keeps recommending me Love Island. What have I done to make them think I want to hear about Love oh, Island? Oh,
1: Colin, I don't know. Like... Uh,
0: and I, I don't want to have Netflix adverts for Love Island either. It's bad enough that I've got to click and not interested every time I go onto Twitter.
1: Oh, no. this This is like. If you have you seen Black Mirror?
0: Yes, great show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is like the the show, uh, the, one of the first uh, episodes of the first season. The forty thousand merits, twenty thousand merits. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah, you yeah. have to pay money to block out advertisements.
0: I so suppose it is it, exactly like that. But uh this isn't I don't bad. know how many or they could like they could say I get an FX free if I'm prepared to watch some Love Island adverts, Which um which I'm not prepared to do. <laughs> not going to do it.
1: I mean, I hear love, but is pretty decent.
0: Who would you hear that from?
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> just making stuff up. <laughs> Someone so, from work. Well, they're an idiot. You tell them from me. <laughs> In fact, I've never seen it. Maybe it's fantastic. Nah. no, Nah. No. No. Uh, 15 million merits. Right. Oh,
1: no, 15 million merits. Yeah, I forgot about it. Wow.
0: Uh. That's, that's a lot of merits. I didn't realize that uh, it was co-written by Connie Huck.
1: Hmm. oh uh, that's uh the wife of uh the creator of, Black of charlie World.
0: brooker yeah hmm. daniel kaluuya's in it in that episode
1: yeah wow. that was before he became a big oscar-winning star yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah uh no i don't really have a segue for that whatsoever <laughs> you know i was just scrolling down my whole list of news and saying, I, yeah, i'm I going know. to
0: the news stories about big oscar-winning stars
1: no uh oh, well. maybe oh no jamie fox is here
0: He's an Oscar-winning star.
1: He is an Oscar-winning star, but uh, the news is about Cameron Diaz, yeah. who has announced that she's retiring from acting in 2018, but now she's back with Jamie Foxx.
0: Yeah, reunited uh, for the first time since Annie.
1: In a film called Back in Action. Very on the news. Uh,
0: clever. Yeah. Clever. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people didn't notice that Cameron Diaz had retired until about two or three years later. I thought, oh, I haven't seen any Cameron Diaz um, terrible comedies for a while <laughs> uh, I mean as, as I said before about Cameron Diaz she, at some point she clearly just stopped caring about the quality of the film she made because mm. she's, she's in some very good stuff and then I mean things like My Best Friend's Wedding was a very very good film I think yeah. It
1: from Murray uh, I think she got stuck in the comedic role did she ever hmm. move into drama
0: well she was in Gangs of New York very early on uh, yeah. um, and I don't think she's really got the chops for that I don't know. Do you count uh,
1: what the Charlie's Sh- Angels? Charlie's <laughs> Angels is that a drama? No. Nah, that's more a comedy as well, <laughs> it's right? Like
0: action comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything. See. Oh, should, the, the box was a horror thing see, I think.
1: Oh yeah, that's the one with James Marsden, and we know how James Marsden' career was as well. Ah,
0: uh, James. It's... Until he well, teamed James, up with, yeah. with Sonic the Hedgehog and Friends, and it went from strength to strength.
1: He still seems to be doing well on that though. So, dead good it was on him. Pretty good.
0: Well, yeah, Cameron Diaz back in, uh, back in action. Um, great. Well done, her. Well done, Cameron. Um, I have nothing more to say. About it.
1: <laughs> well, you I, can move on to the next piece of news. I did, That's I what did listen
0: did. to the. Um, I did listen to. I do have one more thing to say about it. I listened to the, the kind of the clip that was supposed to be a phone call between the two of them where she talked to, I want to say, Tom Brady, uh, who apparently is uh, an American footballer famous yeah. for making comebacks. Yep. Cool. Uh, Emma Roberts has joined Madame Webb. Wow. Well, it's the latest... Uh, it's, I mean, of the various Sony Spider-Man adjacent projects, Madame Webb is the one that I think stands the most chance of not being terrible.
1: Really? I Well, Dakota Johnson's in it. Uh, yeah. She, she hasn't been making terrible movies recently. No, she's um, done some good stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, but... What what is the next Sony Spider Man universe film? Is um, it this?
0: Well, we've got this. We got I think Venom Three is coming. We've got the the one about the was though. It it's being made. I know that the uh, Spider
1: Gwens are coming out as well. There's one with all three Spider Gwens or something.
0: Is it? Apparently. I don't know that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I stop caring. <laughs>
0: M- Morbius Two. Oh, Craven the Hunter's coming, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, that is I So I don't know Johnson. what order
0: these things coming in, but uh, yeah, Coach Johnson's on a pretty good run and. Um, Emma Roberts has done some pretty good stuff. Also, some pretty bad stuff. But
1: yeah, could be good. Yeah, yeah. Madam Webb. Until, <laughs> until the reviews come in, uh, I'm not watching this.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's that's a reasonable position to take, I think. But yeah, uh, Dakota Johnson next on our screens, uh, if you're on Netflix, in Persuasion, which I'm intrigued by. Hmm. So I'll give that one a try. Mm,
1: the next show, uh, well, more casting news. Yes. Uh, the Hunger Games prequel has added Jason Schwartzman, mm. uh, as well as, um, this is not, uh, Euphoria's Hunter Schaefer, so Euphoria is a film with, uh, the TV series with Zendaya in it. I've not yeah. seen it, I've heard good things about it, but I've not seen it. Oh, I think Zendaya won an Emmy for it, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Uh, yeah, I've heard good things. She plays someone called Rue, doesn't she? Mm. Uh, Which is a character in Hunger Games. Mm. Convenient,
1: uh, mm. but yeah. So it is convenient. We, we are not going to watch this. Uh, we, no, we said that no. a <laughs> while true. back.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to take more than Jason Schwarzman to get me to watch this. And I don't. I have never heard of Hunter Schafer. Well, uh, maybe
1: if Anya Taylor Joy is in it, then you have to watch it, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, it was, well, you say that. I didn't watch the last film, The Northman. <laughs> if Tom Cruise joins it, I'm in. Can't see it happening. If you join it, Zeejan, I'll watch it.
1: What about Matthew Perry? You'll
0: watch it. Oh, yeah, I'd watch it with Kirsten Dunst.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I know oh. where the line is then.
0: To be honest, if, if it gets good reviews, yeah. but then I might watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, only, only a thinking. fiber in Bristol, right? So That's, that's you true. Uh, I did love the first one. Uh, but yeah, not, not too much hope for this one. You know what's coming back? Uh, Green Hornet. Green Hornet and Kato. We we all remember the the film starring Seth Seth Rogen and Jay Chow. And Jay Chow, um, which was really more about the Kato character than the Green Hornet character from from memory. Yeah. He certainly seemed to be a lot more impressive. In fact, Cameron Diaz was in that now I think about it. Um, uh, that, anyway, well, I did not he, remember at all. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember it being better than I thought it was going to be. But anyway, okay. Lee Wannell is in talks to direct it. Um, he's known for, I think,
1: did he did Invisible Man. Yeah, he what did the Invisible mean? Man. So this is another project with Universal as well, who also produced Invisible Man. Uh, okay.
0: Cool. I feel like when when this every superhero is having a second attempt, we might be getting superhero fatigue. Going through the, uh, the the second run of uh, stabs at these.
1: Yeah, but Invisible Man had good reviews,
0: right? So, it did, and the thing knows. he did before, which I can't remember the name of now, but um was, was very well obviously. say
1: that like, Spider-Man had three times already. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I th- it feels like when you're going to the bottom, because Green Hornet is not one of the great superheroes, is he? <laughs> no. If, and it feels like, once you're going to the second attempt at Green Hornet, and we still, we've still we still never had Namor. We're never going to get Namor.
1: He was supposed to show up eventually because they mentioned him in uh, Avengers Endgame.
0: And in but... fact, he's going to be in uh, Black Panther, isn't he? So g- th- this year is the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just finished reading, reading uh, Batman Hush. It's a good comic book.
1: It's good, right? Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I forgot about um, that comic book a uh, while well back. But it's, hmm. it's a very, very good story. It very is. Very, I think
0: we're, we're a few years away from getting it in the cinema, I think, because you need to introduce a lot of... I think there was, there's not a live action one, but
1: there, I'm pretty sure there's an animated version of mm, Hush. In the
0: there is, I uh, I watched it uh,
1: not lo- not long after finishing the book. I think they changed the storyline, didn't they? It's,
0: yeah, I mean, it was, it was closer to it than I thought it was going to be, but they, they did change quite quickly towards the end. They made some very big changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: if I'm not mistaken. Um,
0: anyway, <laughs> we, we, we're not here to talk about Batman Hush.
1: Um, so Guy Ritchie is now directing Disney's live-action uh, version of Hercules. Mm. Uh, he last did, um, he last worked with Disney to direct uh, Aladdin, which apparently made lots of money. Oh, uh, I, th-
0: I thought Aladdin was really good. I thought it was okay.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I watched it twice. That's how much I liked it.
1: Wow! Yeah. So, do you know the story of Hercules, Colin?
0: Uh, I know some stories of Hercules. <laughs> Do you know uh,
1: this particular Disney version of Hercules?
0: I, I don't. Does he does he perform uh, lots of labors?
1: Yeah, like in a quick montage. So, it's, oh, not, right. <laughs> it's not particularly part of uh, the story, really. Oh, like, right. I think it was a ten minute, uh, not a ten minute montage. It's not even ten minutes; it's like two minute montage. Uh,
0: if I had to guess, I'd say that he gets cast out by uh, by his father and has to win his trust pack. Is that the kind of thing that happens?
1: Uh well, no. No. Okay. Hades oh, yeah. stole him as a child, and then uh, put him down to earth because uh, Hades got a, uh, I think the fates told him that a child of Zeus will um, thwart his attempt to overthrow Olympus. Oh yeah. So he did it with Hercules. That's why. That's all. Okay. Um, I wish. Yeah. Su- yeah, I'm not sure how closely you'll follow um, the actual mythology of Hercules, but yeah.
0: You think we'd have to follow the, the 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 original cartoon animated version because if not, then you're, not, you're just doing a Hercules story, which I'm pretty sure the Rock played Hercules not that long ago. Eh, or maybe it was quite a long time ago. I think about it. It
1: could be. Yeah, who knows? But it's happening. So, Great. Right. There's that. Yeah,
0: I said I thought um, so. Guy Ritchie had a, had a very distinctive style, uh, style, but which he didn't really use for uh, for Aladdin. But yeah, I really liked Aladdin. I thought it was a. It was a good adaptation. I guess, the far as to say, my favourite Disney live-action adaptation of a animated film apart from no, maybe it is my favourite.
1: Nice. Uh, I think yeah. my favourite is probably like Jungle Book. We one of the earlier ones, cause uh, all the later ones just kind of pale in comparison.
0: With the um, the John Favreau one.
1: Yeah, the John Favreau one. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm just looking up the most recent Hercules film. Although oh, the one starring Dwayne Johnson was twenty fourteen, so not, not that long ago. Mm. Uh Dune 2 has cast Seydoux. S? Someone, I don't
1: know. <laughs> well, what's the uh, point of what's the point of, you know, telling news if you're not oh okay. She's gonna play Lady Margot. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, what I'm here I, for.
0: I refused to be interested in Dune 2. <sighs> uh, but Léa I thought she was very good in uh, a couple of James Bond films and that Mission Impossible film she was in. So fair play to her. Oh.
1: She'll be uh, play no. playing Lady playing Lady Margot.
0: Lady Margot sounds like a very realistic name for uh, Dune does seem to go for a kind of a weird mix of like Paul and Duncan and then like Baron Harkonnen. So make the mind up. I say.
1: wow
0: yeah my well, i'm getting more and more anti-dune as time i know goes, your, your bias is showing yeah well it's not bias so much as um a wild antipathy yeah basically <laughs> I, th- so. I don't think it's biased if it's based on having read yeah. the, f- the book and seen the film that's just judgment isn't it
1: well fair fair.
0: Mm. anyway good I'm, the rest of the world loves this film and i'm sure that you'll be watching it um but i don't intend to
1: this could, yeah. Well, first I do don't one. know why brought, I
0: don't know why I put it in the news section.
1: Really. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, well, uh,
0: did, do you want, do you want to talk about who Lady Margot is or, or not? No, nah, not
1: really. Fine. I've written it down but I don't even remember who she is from the book. I read the book. I've
0: read I've read the book. I don't think
1: she's in it. She, yeah. I do um, uh, Will Poulter, uh, Johnny Flynn, and Naomi Aki Who I believe Naomi Aki was in the Aladdin film, right?
0: Uh, No, that's Naomi Scott.
1: Oh, wow, dang it, sorry. Uh, Apologies, (laughs) Naomi Scott.
0: Although Naomi Aki was in uh, the Daniel Craig James Bonds, wasn't she? was that someone else?
1: Oh, I can't, I don't know anymore. But they all three are... Charlie's Angels.
0: Maybe she was in Charlie's Angels.
1: No, that was Naomi Scott as well.
0: Uh, Yeah, she's doing well for herself. Um, (laughs) uh, Rise of Skywalker, that's what she was in. Okay. She was that person who might have been Lando's daughter or maybe
1: girlfriend. No one was quite sure. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, so all three of them are going to star in a musical called The Score. Um, all right. And it's going to be an original musical as well. Um, okay. okay. And with music written by Johnny Flynn, one of the actors in it. Written um, by? Yeah, the all music. Because right. he's apparently, uh, he writes folk music. Oh,
0: yeah. He uh, he played David Bowie in an unofficial Bowie biopic called Starman, I think, ah. Stardust maybe, um, which did not have the approval of the, of the Bowie uh, family or the estate, so they weren't allowed to use any of his music. <laughs> nice. Uh, what? It, it was. What, what, I haven't seen it, but it did not go down well. That's what um, you want
1: from a David Bowie, Bowie biopic: <laughs> right? no music yeah.
0: whatsoever. The music. He also played Mister Knightley in the uh, Anya Taylor Joy version of Emma.
1: Ah. Um, and was also in The Dig. He's good. I like him. Quick synopsis of the score. Uh, it's about two small-time crooks uh, played by Will Poulter and Johnny Flynn. Respect, uh, and then um, they are on a mission to get the score. Um, but one of them falls in love with a waitress
0: which oh. may jeopardize the mission. Which one of them?
1: Um, Will Poulter's character.
0: Cool. That sounds awesome. I'm in. I also like the uh, the the pun titled the score because like when you steal something, that's also called a score, isn't it?
1: Exactly the idea, right?
0: It's very good. Mm. It's very good. It, it's reminiscent of the the Chris Evans, Scott Johansson uh, film Perfect Score, <laughs> where a group of uh, high school students break into a thing to change their scores and their SATs. Yep. I guess it's maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's touch of that. I mean, what, from what you described, it, it's not the same thing at all.
1: <laughs> I, I highly doubt that SATs are top on the list of things to, um, yeah, things they are trying to change. Yeah.
0: Probably. Probably right. No, I'm I'm, always, I'm always up for an uh, original musical. It's nice to see that happening. So, jolly good. Jolly good. Uh, what else we got here, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 is shooting. That was some surprising news.
1: Do you... I love the first My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I've thought... never
0: seen it. Should Have I? You...
1: It's good fun. Uh, I think it's something that you can watch while doing your ironing. But yeah, okay. it doesn't. It doesn't require a lot of uh, brain work. But it's it's fun. It, uh, when it came out, I think it was a a surprise uh, mm. hit because uh, no one expected. Yeah, it's was, it was just very charming. It's very very charming. I think the. Uh,
0: the I will get out some spanicopter and I will uh, sit down in front of that one. Nice. Nice, good, quick. Thank um, you. Food don't push me. On, don't you know. push me on a second. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably a cabal of sorts.
0: Souvlaki so, is that
1: Greek? Yeah, I think so. Cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, can... so, so the second one was it was not that long after the first, I think. And but, oh. yeah, so this is this is must be what twenty years later now. Maybe?
1: it's a while. It's been a while. The first one came out when I was still in Malaysia, and I've left Malaysia yeah. a long time ago. So
0: yeah, I remember it coming out when I was at school. I wasn't going to the cinema a lot, to be honest. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, not much news left for me. My last bit of news is that the Ghostbusters sequel will be coming out in December 2023. For those who are looking forward to that.
0: Which does not include you or me, I think. I know you, you saw it and liked it, if I remember yeah.
1: right. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, Jason Reimann is coming back to direct. Um, so, yeah, and this is going to go back to roots in New York City, so it's going to be quite different from the first film, but who knows?
0: Okay. Uh, a couple of things. Um, so, Smashing Stan will be in an A24 film called A Different Man. Uh, where someone with I think facial dis- disfigurement or, or scarring or something gets uh, facial plastic surgery uh, but then becomes obsessed with someone who was playing him in a play or film is this like face off uh, <laughs> in some respects it's like face off uh, I don't know it just sounds, uh, sounds interesting it could be uh, could be good or could be terrible who knows but that does sound interesting and the other thing I mean, we don't usually cover trailers but I, I hadn't heard this film at all I just watched the trailer it wasn't on my radio I thought, um, I thought it was worth mentioning because it looks really good uh, have you
1: come across see how they run oh yeah that's the one with Cher and Cher- Ronan and um,
0: Sam Rockwell Sam
1: Rockwell yeah I yeah. didn't know there's an Agatha Christie novel adaptation right
0: uh, I don't think so I mean it, look, it, it looks very well it looks very Agatha Christie-esque uh um and maybe it's some uh, on wikipedia says very little about it but watching the trailer i, I, I don't think it's an adaptation it, it might be uh based around a murder that happened whilst people were putting on an act of adaptation from from the trailer it looks like uh so maybe they're doing the mousetrap and then the real killer strikes uh but yeah it looks really really good it looks funny uh Saoirse ronan um hasn't done a huge amount of comedy i don't think but she uh, is really funny in that trailer so uh yeah so i'd never heard of this but it's, it's coming out in september um yeah.
1: And it's now one of the films I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, it looks good. I've seen it as well, and on a mm. straight trailer at least. <laughs> not a film, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it looks
0: good. Oh, you're not on the ins- you went to a test screening. <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to uh, give you a review if you're a test screening, are you? No, I don't mm. think so. No. Uh, you seem to know a lot about test screenings, isn't suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> uh, maybe it is an anti-Christian adaptation. Maybe you're right all <laughs> along uh we move on then to to see or not to zed where we talk about films we've recently seen um whether or not they were at a test screening in in hollywood uh (laughs) and whether you the listener should see them Um, have you been rubbing shoulders with any more hollywood a-listers uh
1: no i'm gonna review some of my cards here because uh i saw spiderhead
0: did you okay
1: well i say review my cards because it's only on netflix right
0: Mm. Yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, let's let's gloss over that point. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't. I can't. I I can't associate myself with such behaviors either. Yeah.
1: Uh, what? What? what?
0: Nothing, you're anyway. you keeping my Netflix price high by uh, this kind of behavior. <laughs> Netflix right. is keeping
1: Netflix. I'm going to phone hard. you
0: and advertise things to you.
1: <laughs> it looked quite scary, Spider. Uh no, not really. No. No. Um, so Spiderhead is a sci-fi thriller film directed by Joseph Kosinski. It's based on a dystopian short story uh, by George Saunders. It stars Chris Hemsworth, who also co-produced this film, apparently. Uh, Miles Teller and Jenny Smollett. The, the premise of this is basically Spiderhead is this state um, this state of the art uh, penitentiary, and they're experimenting with the prisoners uh, on the effects of research chemicals. Um, the test subjects. Um, are volunteers for the project aiming to reduce their sentence time. So the premise seems promising. Uh, the resolution was underwhelming. Yeah, okay. Put it that way. Um, like, they could have done a lot of it but it became too predictable in the end which it was its downfall really. Like, halfway through the film you can probably see where it was going to go and it was just it just, yeah, like, when, when it comes out with all these kind of films, you know there's a twist coming. You know, they, they try to emulate something like Shutter Island. Hmm. You know, people in a, or the island even. <laughs> you know, things happening on this island, something weird is happening. You know, something big is, big and strange is happening. And sometimes it works if the twist is good like in Shutter Island. Hmm. And sometimes it doesn't where the twist is bad like on the island. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And this is the latter. This is more towards that yeah, one, is it? Okay. Yeah, that's why. So, yeah, premise is good. Resolution, poor. Hands. He's
0: not on a great run, Chris Hemsworth, outside of, outside of Thor. He's done quite a few... He was teaming with Ron it wasn't he, doing kind of dull films that no one watched? It was Black Hat and the, the one that about Moby Dick. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, he's trying to branch out a bit, but... Mm. Obviously, Men in the,
0: Black International was, was horrific.
1: Not uh, picking the right films, I think.
0: Mm. This is why he's uh, stuck around with uh, to play Thor for... How long he's been doing 10 Lever. years now yeah well, probably more than that uh and becoming the first um, first one to have four solo movies uh i've also been watching netflix albeit more legitimately um <laughs> i watched uh, a film called the man from toronto uh i'm a big fan of toronto it's a lovely city i was on holiday there a few years ago i must admit i was looking forward to some some exciting toronto locations. If you want to or think of watching this because of, of your love for Toronto, uh, don't bother because you get one shot of the skyline <laughs> stock footage and the rest of it's all in Virginia. Uh, but, uh, although I did get a little confused for a while because it starts off in Yorkville and they just say Yorkville and assume that you know where where that is. And I I, I got mixed up with Yorktown, which is a part of Toronto. Okay. Um, so it was only after a while I was like, they seem to be driving a long way. And, okay, right. That's. Because that's why anyway um, it's Woody Harrelson and Kevin Hart uh, Woody Harrelson is an assassin Kevin Hart gets mistaken for him uh, and he goes by the name of the man from Toronto right uh, so it's a kind of case of mistaken identity uh, the, the the FBI I think or the CIA or uh, basically find Kevin Hart and say right you've got to keep pretending to be him in, tor- in order to infiltrate this this thing and blah blah blah, blah.
1: is it a comedy
0: it's a comedy ah. it, yeah it's a comedy um both of them are completely phoning this in. If I'm honest, it's yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's not horrific. It's just very lazy, quite dull, very predictable. It's got some a couple of good fight scenes, but yeah, I, I, yeah, don't watch, don't bother watching this. Really, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was disappointing because I, like, I think Woody Harrison and Kevin Hart are both very charismatic actors, and on their day, have done really good stuff. And but they just seem to be trying to coast on charisma. Um, Kaylee Cuoco is in it, which uh, I always find fascinating what huge TV stars end up, I mean, she was making at least a million dollars an episode, wasn't she, in like the biggest the TV show Carrie, of the yep, decade, yep. and now is playing fourth lead in a, in a pretty average Netflix action comedy. I so. mean, she has
1: another TV show all right, right, The Flight Attendant or something
0: like that. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw a poster for that.
1: Yeah, so she doesn't do too badly. She's
0: she's, okay. I shouldn't, I shouldn't worry about her. No,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, relative to the other Big Bang Theory guys,
0: where you seen them? That's true. That's very true. But yeah, money from Toronto, disappointing.
1: Okay, fair
0: enough. Okay, Uh, we move on then to the main event of the episode, which is Elvis. Zijan
1: Hmm.
0: tell me about uh, tell me about Elvis the film. Tell me about Elvis the person. Or just or just then. the film. That's, is so it's Just, just so the film is fine. So
1: long, so long. <laughs> My right. God. So like so, when you first told me that we we're actually doing Elvis instead of doing the whole oh let's talk about films back in 2012. when sure. we always do films, you know, done in 2012, uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's always quite it's always easy, you know. So I thought oh we're we gonna have an easy week, and then oh we're gonna do Elvis now. You reminded me, and then I went first thing I did was look at the runtime and it's just yes. 160 minutes. Oh It's my too long. Goodness. It's too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sitting in the cinema, 160 minutes for a film that we didn't even care enough to remember it to, that we're going to do it for a podcast. So, yeah, going into this wasn't great. Um, so, okay. Elvis, uh, as you probably can tell, is based on the life of uh, Elvis Presley, but this is told from the perspective of his manager and close friend, Colonel Tom Parker and we'll come to this decision in a bit as well mm. I'm pretty sure um, this is directed by Baz Luhrmann from Moulin Rouge fame who, um, and he co-wrote the screenplay with um, a few other people Austin Butler stars as Elvis and Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker
0: Yeah so where where are you on Baz Luhrmann Do you do you, do you like his films you...
1: um I I'm okay with Moulin Rouge, I think. Okay. And I know where you're coming with this question because I didn't like the Baz Lemon effect on this film.
0: Yeah, well we'll talk about that because um, for me I hated Moulin Rouge and I watched it again like 10 years later or something and then I still hated it. But I love Romeo and Juliet. It's one of my it's probably one of my favorite films. Um and I've not seen Strictly Ballroom uh, or and Australia was okay. So mm. I'm, I'm kind of all over the shop, really, <laughs> uh, with that. And I think what really frustrated me about Moulin Rouge is how it never really felt to hang together and it never felt particularly grounded or... or yeah, you just jumped. I mean, grounded is maybe the wrong word because, of course, it's not grounded, but in fact, you can never get a toehold. It was just jumping all over the place. And, and, and that this felt like that.
1: Especially at the beginning.
0: For the be- yeah, it was for the first hour or so, maybe.
1: He likes his jump cuts a lot.
0: Yes, um, yeah. And yeah and yeah he, he doesn't want to do anything too normal
1: no hmm. and uh the first oh, um uh, i'm gonna say I'm, I'm spoiling anything? no probably not but not the, the first know, 10 no. minutes no. of the film annoyed me so much i hated the jump cuts i hated okay. um of different shots in one screen does that make sense yeah yes, yeah, sp- sp- yeah. sp-
0: multi-split screen i guess yeah, yeah. and
1: and he only did it for the first ten minutes of the film as well. Like, why even do that? <laughs> you know, why why even bother doing it for just ten minutes if you're not going to do it ever yeah. anymore in the, the rest of the film?
0: Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about this thing because um, we we didn't want really to go through the cost. We can do that. We can do that in a bit. But uh, yeah, certainly the first. I think maybe maybe not the first hour, first maybe the first half hour, first forty five minutes. Yeah. He, he's very clearly trying to do different, like put, put the Baz Luhrmann spin on it, not it not, not make it just a standard music biopic uh and i appreciated the the attempt um because i think (laughs) i didn't no fair enough i don't i don't think it worked i think because it just it just zipped through back all and you get these kind of weird like yeah tom hanks character on his deathbed it is told from his as you say more or less told from his perspective on his deathbed um although it jumps around a bit then and you kind of yeah you get these uh different effects and i think I can see what he's trying to do, and he's trying to escape the standard music biopic tropes. Yes, and, yeah,
1: I, I get that, but it just felt like two films stitched together because the latter half of the film doesn't seem like that.
0: Yeah, I think that for me, there are two two films that kind of hang heavy over this. Um, one of them is Walk the Line, which is one of my favourite films. I think it's an absolutely fantastic music biopic of um, of Johnny Cash. And it kind of set the tone for it. Basically, set set made the genre. Every music biopic film <laughs> after that has basically done exactly the same as this, uh, or most of them. And the other one is Rocket Man, which I think is a fantastic film as well. And but really did a, a great job. I mean, obviously, it's a straight up musical rather than just a biopic, but did a great job in
1: incorporating uh, Elton John's music into the film.
0: Yeah, and doing it in a, in, a, in a way that hadn't been done before. Exactly. I I, I I get why he
1: wants to be different. Musical biopics are everywhere now. Yeah, I, I guess he wants to throw his stamp on it, but yeah, it wasn't done well for this film. I don't think it did Elvis, uh, you know, any service either. I feel it's a shame. It's a shame.
0: Yeah, and the fact that he didn't remain consistent with this either. As you say, yeah. it, felt like, it felt like two films. It felt like after maybe the halfway point or something like that, yeah. he, he just gave up and he's like, okay, let's just do a standard bar for me <laughs> um, with, with maybe occasional flicking in some interesting ideas. And it seems, yeah, you say it's not, not fair on Elvis. I mean, how, how much do you know about the Elvis story before we went into this? Not at
1: all, actually. Um, okay. I was very pleasantly... Well, I was surprised by the story because I didn't know much about Elvis coming in. Obviously, I know his music, but I definitely didn't know the background or anything. I always thought he was much older than he was. So to think that he came out around the same time as the Beatles was, um, yeah, I was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think
0: you say that. I mean, he. I guess in the grand scheme, he was around the same time, but. The, the world of rock and pop music was moving so fast then that he basically was a prior generation, even if it was only Fair. F- five years or so. Because, I mean, they, they they were like obsessed with Elvis when they were still kind of just playing clubs in Liverpool and lived for a Hamburg and had, you know, well before they released a song. So I think, yeah, he, he was part of this vanguard. I mean, probably the f- one of the first, if not the first white rock star pop star of this kind of uh to bring this kind of music so i think that the film makes clear that he he picked up black music uh, at the time and then kind of mixed it with white country music to to produce this sound uh i I knew the story relatively well i'd seen a previous biopic also called elvis starring Mm -hmm. kurt russell which i'll talk about a bit later i guess i'm not sure how much of this was true (laughs) i mean i think most of it is well say so things like um and this is slight spoilers i guess but there's, there's a scene where he just yells at his manager that he's fired in, in the middle of a performance at vegas whilst clearly drunk and like, or or high maybe and you think maybe that's true but i'm I'm surprised i haven't heard that <laughs> if it is true because I've, I've read oh. it, i know a little bit about others and surely that would be one of the first things you talk about if, if he's done something like that like if you're talking about his relationship with the colonel yeah, for sure. That's um, a good point. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've not checked. So maybe it is true. I just didn't come across it. But certainly the, the the whole relationship with the colonel, that's all true. And I, I was aware of this very weird thing where basically, yeah, they had this kind of symbiotic relationship.
1: I felt very sorry for Elvis, or at least the way Austin Butler portrayed mm-hmm. him. He was a very sympathetic character. Like, uh, yeah, feel very bad for him. He wanted to travel the world, but he wasn't allowed to... And then he just faded into obscurity after like his initial success. Of well, to be fair, quite a lot of musicians do that anyway. Um.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, again you're you're right. It is true. And, and he's like he made, like I can't do, dozens and dozens of of films, and mm-hmm. only like the first one or two were any good. And he's just completely wasting his career. Uh, I would say, the, I think the film has been made with cooperation from the Presley family. Yes. And and some of the criticism of it is that it basically just makes the Colonel the bad guy and like Elvis never did anything wrong. It was all the fault of of Colonel uh, Tom Parker. Which, uh, yeah, some of reviewers, particularly people who have written biographies of Elvis and things saying, yes, yeah, Elvis did wrong stuff. So, for example, Elvis cheated on his wife, uh, which is kind of hinted at, well, more than hinted at. It's no, I think film, it was shown, right? Yeah, it was shown. Um, but kind of not really dwelt on, and there's no, yeah. He, I think the, the extent of his infidelity was not shown.
1: I mean, it's like example. all those, the same criticisms that was directed at Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Because yeah, you know, yeah. with the with Queen's uh, participation in producing the movie, they kind of sanitised the film quite a bit. Yeah, I
0: mean, even things like uh, his wife hmm. um, was 14 when he met her. I think they were living together when she was 15. <laughs> Um, that's not clear from the film. <laughs> and no. I guess maybe they didn't didn't want to get down that route. I don't know.
1: No, although but, obviously um, Priscilla has seen the film and she didn't really care much too much about that detail. I guess. So no,
0: I'm sure she was happy for that to be. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, dweller. Oh, not not dweller and the songs I mean obviously Elvis has done some great songs the, the choices of songs were sometimes a bit odd I mean I, I'm not not in a bad way but I, I was, it wasn't just a kind of run through of the greatest Elvis hits although a lot of them did get played but there were some more obscure ones as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit like I guess a bit like Roll in that respect it wasn't just Elton John's biggest hits biggest hits
1: yeah I'm okay with that because uh, yeah. I only know a few of Elvis' songs so like uh, you know when I went to this I was expecting not to know all the songs anyway so okay. um, I was quite surprised by how many I did know or right. recognize so uh, in that sense I'm quite happy with um, one thing that irked me about this film and it's also a Baz Luhrmann choice is that he puts like random modern music as well as mm. background noise especially at the opening scenes when you see Elvis' childhood I'm pretty sure I heard something from Backstreet Boys or oh, right. Boys. it's so bizarre why would you do this he has his tendency to do this as well like I'm pretty sure because in Moulin Rouge as well he has the tendency to put in I mean that oh, was
0: all recent musicals wasn't it yeah. recent music and, yeah but, and I think that worked really well with Romeo and Juliet a kind of this kind of semi modernization of it I, I thought but it doesn't always work does it you know, if you're doing
1: a biopic of a musician mm. Why?
0: And that's, a, again, with Rocket Man, and I keep coming back to that. I saw Elton John at Ashton Gate on uh, Last Weekend. He was very, very good. Yeah, they, they moved his songs out of order and all that stuff. But again, it was, a, it was a musical rather than a biopic. So yeah. that kind of makes sense. So yeah, in this case, I think making the point that Elvis was inspired by kind of bluesgrass and, and blues and all that else. Um, but yeah, again, I don't know how much of this... So things like singing Hound Dog... Uh, yeah, I knew that was a cover, I knew that he would that but some of it I think is that is that really how it came about? I okay. mm. Uh but yeah, Austin Butler uh portraying Elvis. We we learnt and again I think Baz Learns apologised for the way this came out. We learnt years ago that uh it was between him, Miles Teller, and uh Ansel Elgort, I think. Wow. I think that was it. Uh and I think definitely the right choice to go with not quite an well, yeah, an unknown. I never heard of him. I think, he but he's really there. good, though. He's so really, good, so good, yeah,
1: really, really good. Um, he is wonderful as always. Probably not a bit unsure at the beginning, but to, towards the end, he really grew on me. He really, really grew on me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think he really embodies that, and, and I say does it across his lifetime, apart from when he's a really small boy. So he's he's playing this yeah teenager right up to his death, and I think gets it all right basically yeah i think there's some points where you think maybe they could have aged him up a little more in, in the kind of the makeup or whatever else but i think yeah he p- portraying every aspect of elvis's life is a fun i i, I wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets an oscar for it i think he'll I definitely think he, be nominated
1: i think he did his own singing as well for this as well, right?
0: yeah yeah wow, and he really wonderful. now i mean to to do th- literally i think elvis is the most impersonated person yeah <laughs> ever uh so to take that on obviously it's not just an impersonation because you've got to do more than that but yeah really really strong performance
1: who uh, knows with the Oscar right now Rami Malek won for his and he didn't sing and Terry Edgerton didn't even get a nomination and he sang mm. his so who I'd knows forgot.
0: did Rami Malek not sing i forgot forgotten that he didn't do his yeah he didn't do uh, most right. of singing yeah. he was very good though Rami Malek I can't sign that but um, Tom Hanks split, has split opinion I think uh,
1: he so I, I know that there, there were comments on his accent because he's supposed to be Dutch. But yeah. But his accent isn't the most Dutch-like. It's
0: vaguely European. <laughs> yeah. He at least, the scenery. At least it's, it's consistent, I'll give him that.
1: I, I guess that, but he definitely chewed the scenery a lot, I felt. Yeah. <laughs> because there was so much focus on Tom Parker,
0: hmm. and
1: it, it kind of overshadowed Austin Butler's performance, which I thought was a shame because Austin Butler was wonderful. In this, I just wanted more of him. I wanted less and less of of uh, Tom Parker. The more I go <laughs> when I'm going through the film,
0: yeah, and you're right. It was it was a huge. it was a huge part of it. And um, what I thought was interesting was they didn't share as much screen time as I was expecting, particularly later on. And again, I don't know how accurate that is to uh, reality. Uh, you get him in making CD backroom deals and whatever else, and you get Elvis on stage, and and it's only when elvis is pushing back a bit more that you kind of you see them together again for the first time since well not the first time but the first prolonged time i think uh, since the earlier bits but yeah he's, he's definitely playing the villain isn't he he is oh.
1: um it is villainous i mean you, you can't leave the film thinking that oh he did right you know in any way he was wrong done by elvis in any shape or form still come on man tom hanks you can you can do better at this <laughs> yeah i i kind of
0: because it, it was a bit off-putting and i don't know why they got hanks for it because really, he's a great actor but as you say he was doing the scenery in and this and, and he was in a fat suit and he was doing this weird accent and i think i would have preferred a character actor doing that i think yeah uh, me too someone who actually yeah didn't put on a fat suit or whatever else and have to do all his bits and pieces
1: they don't even look alike though. that's the thing they don't even right. look alike like they, they show the real pictures of Tom Park at mm. the end and he definitely doesn't look like at all like the Tom Hanks portrayal of him so
0: right so why, why do yeah and I, I guess the one thing you kind of come away saying is like well would Elvis have been famous at all without this guy and the film doesn't kind of hints at maybe, but I don't think it really addresses that. that's, I guess that's because that's the, the big justification from Colonel Tom Parker is I didn't kill Elvis I, I made Elvis mm. and you think someone as good as charismatic as, uh, as talented as Elvis surely would have made it one way or another but you don't really i mean I, I, that's why i went away thinking is like how, how fair is it what he's done um i mean not fair is <laughs> a short answer because he got sued but um but yeah how does does he have any justification at all i would have liked to see that maybe investigated a bit more hmm. in, the, in the film what I find, so I talk a bit about. about so, so I've seen Kurt Russell version of Elvis, which I think is even longer than this, um, and is slower, certainly. Okay. It's um but it's interesting. So it doesn't. It's, yeah, it doesn't have the same kinetic energy. But it, it's interesting to to see what that film focused on because that was a lot about his relationship with his mother, uh, and also quite a lot about his relationship with his uh, his brother who died as a baby, and yep. kind of this, this idea that he felt the the pressure of uh living up to two sons and and the fact that he missed his twin um all these years later jesse wasn't it Uh, i think um and both those things are in this film but uh, but yeah the the Kurt russell one didn't really cover the tom parker aspect much at all uh whereas that obviously that was the crux of this so it's interesting to see how you can tell the story differently depending on um, how you want to look at it
1: yeah they definitely did not do much
0: on the mother in this film. Sure. No, I was surprised how little... Because there were a couple moments where he felt almost Oedipal, the way that he was uh, kind of comforting her and, and kissing and hugging her and things. So and I think, are they are they going to lean into that? Hmm. And and they, yeah, as you say, they, they really didn't. Um, <laughs> and things like yeah, him being in the army and... Uh, which, I mean, Elvis joining the army was a huge moment in the 60s. It was this, I think, symbolically, the kind of... Uh, the, this rebel icon succumbing to, to uh, the government power and kind of it was it was viewed as this big watershed moment in 60s culture yeah. and it was it was all here but it was kind of rushed through a little bit I thought
1: yep it definitely was like mm-hmm. uh, I, I never thought like I didn't know the story of Elvis obviously and obviously I didn't know about this watershed movement I to mentioned mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it after watching the film yeah. the only thing I got get it get from the film is that, wow, Elvis' life is so sad and Colonel Tom Passapak yeah. is such a villain that's it
0: and that's the other thing, I think I think we've kind of gone into spoilers haven't we, because it's, it's Elvis this how, I everyone knows it, yeah. apart from me apparently apart from <laughs> you well, that, I think the, the, the traditional music biopic tropes um, to, to, to a certain extent the traditional biopic tropes but, but particularly musical biopics is that you have great early success and then you kind of go downhill a bit and then you have a glorious comeback and this kind of tick those boxes, but it's difficult because the the, the ending to Elvis' story is not happy. He dies forty two years old, not sitting on the toilet with a cheeseburger, uh, which they didn't quite go into detail of this one. But that, I think if anyone knows anything about Elvis' life, it's that he he died on a toilet, um, and yeah, you kind of got this semi like they had that moment where he where he sings a protest song on his comeback special and I'll be honest I didn't know that song and it was played as if it had like this huge um, impact impact on everyone but it's like well it's not one of his best songs it's not it's not one that anyone well I'm sure it's it's not not, not one of the hits and obviously you can't have this glorious comeback moment because he yeah it all fell apart really so uh, Things like yeah, Rocket Man has this I'm Still Standing comeback moment. Walk the Line has this and Prison comeback moment. And
1: Even Bohemian Rhapsody, did, they did the 1985. Yes, well.
0: the Live Aid comeback moment. And, and particularly in that case, I think they, <laughs> they just moved everything around to make exactly it work. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. cut the end bit of
1: Freddie Mercury's life. so
0: Yeah, and, and again, maybe this is part of the problem of Elvis' life being so well known is that you can't end on this glorious moment because everyone knows yeah. what happened. But again, I think there are aspects. of the Kurt Russell thing, I think went a bit more into how. I mean, this film did as well, but it's kind of the the, the, sh- the shooting randomly down the hallway and all the drugs and things, and we got that. But yeah, and
1: everything felt a little bit too. Everything, like a film of this length, right, like hundred sixty minutes, it felt like there should be more impactful moments.
0: Yeah, but, I mean. Because as you say, it's a very sad story. But I think I think him at the airport with with his with his ex wife that was quite moving. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're right. There weren't huge numbers of 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 emotion. I certainly compared to walk the line. Yeah. Um, well, sure. Yeah. What what another thing is that I, based on this film, what 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 would you say was kind of drove Elvis on based on this film? Do you, and it's a kind of a slightly trick question because I think the answer is that we don't really know, but. Did you ever get the impression that we we knew what he wanted?
1: Is that... no, like his main purpose, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't because the the colonel a couple of times says it was you, it was his love for you that drove him on. But I think are we supposed to believe that, or is that the colonel lying to himself? Was that... But again, we in in the, in the Kurt Russell version, you get this thing that he's trying to fill the gap that was left by his brother, or he's trying to impress his mum, these kind of things. At least you get these ideas. Whereas here, he just likes music.
1: Yeah, he just and likes music. going through the motions, kind of thing
0: yeah, yeah. And, and again i keep coming back to rocket man and walk the line because they're two fantastic films but yeah walk the line it's very clear yeah he's trying to win the love that his father didn't give him and and similar with rocket man in fact they're very similar uh,
1: that, uh, that's especially. with his mother right yep
0: uh well but it, both mother and father in rocket man isn't it um, yeah that's true
1: yeah um now we reach the ending okay i just say the last thing that irked me a lot oh yeah um so at the end of um elvis we, sh- we saw a clip of elvis the we and did. Always performing. You yeah. know, and probably in one of his last concerts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was wonderful. What wasn't wonderful was the choice to intersperse that moment with clips from the beginning of the film of an actor, Alvis, you know, playing a young Elvis running around. I, I didn't like that. What's the point? If you're going to show, you know, real Elvis and the clip, leave it as that as a moment. Why do you need to intersperse that with that and an actor? acting as him also not only that there was a when he was singing as well they interspersed a moment with the colonel dying tom hanks dying i mm. yeah, didn't like that at all again why why do you want to detract detract from that moment with all of these it's just a basleman choice again director yeah.
0: Choice. i mean it, it's such a hack thing to now in, in biopics is to finish on pictures of, of the actual person and usually alongside um, clips in the film just to say look how close we got it uh, so it's, yeah I know what you mean I probably um,
1: undercut the moment a lot hmm. uh, if you want to show a real person do it do well I think when at least in Bohemian Rhapsody they did the whole thing right uh, they, they yeah, showed live it. Live, live yeah I think
0: you're I think you're right I think you're yeah. right
1: so that at least I don't feel you know shortchanged this felt hmm. like it shortchanged our business life like right? you know by by Cutting his real-life performance with hmm. acting, I
0: just didn't like that. Fair enough. I, I can't say that bothered me too much, but okay. I don't know. I I, I didn't hate this film. I know we we I, we've picked a lot of holes in it. Um, I wouldn't bother watching it again, though. Me neither. So yeah, just just other than Austin Butler's performance, just very average. I think. I think it's
1: just yeah, yeah very good performance, let down by hmm. just weird directorial choices.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Buzz.
1: There you go.
0: We move on then. Uh, Elvis was long, Zijian, but it wasn't the longest film we watched this week. <laughs> because coming in at 170 minutes, yep. uh, unless, like me, you fast-forwarded through the interval bit, <laughs> uh, is My Fair Lady, um, Zijian?
1: Remember the time when musicals had intervals? I do. This was the reasoning behind why they were splitting Wicked into two films as well. Did you know that? Because there's an interval. <laughs> Yeah, no, because yeah, because in the real musical there's an interval, and the director was saying that you know we can't really end the you know cut the film halfway with uh, defying gravity. Oh, there's right. no interval in there, so we might have well create two films then. So that was the reasoning why. Sure. Okay. Uh, that's what they gave. I know. Yeah. So, My Fair Lady, nineteen sixty four uh, musical film uh, directed by George Cooker. It's based on the musical which came first, and that is itself is based on the George Bernard Shaw's play, Pygmalion. Mm. Um, it depicts a poor Cockney flower seller named Eliza Doolittle, who overhears an arrogant phonetics professor, Henry Higgins, as he casually wages that he can teach her to speak proper English. So this is like, she saw that mm. <laughs> back in 1964. Um it stars Audrey Hepburn as Eliza Doolittle and Rex Harrison as Henry Higgins. It won eight Academy Awards including Best Picture, Best Actor and Best Director.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Did uh, clean up?
1: Cleaned up a lot, apart from Best Actress, which uh, went to Julia Andrews, mm. who surprisingly didn't get cast as Eliza Doolittle, even though she originated the role with Rex Harrison on The West End because the producer's think she wasn't famous enough she's
0: not a big enough star um, but it turns out she was and she did her own, she did her own singing unlike uh, Audrey
1: yeah who was dubbed by Marnie Nixon who dubbed um, Natalie Wood as well in West Side Story yeah and mm.
0: uh, I hadn't realised uh, the guy playing Freddie yep Freddie w- was also dubbed oh, his singing yeah
1: it's quite common back in the days though
0: yeah we don't read that anymore do we
1: no yeah, this this
0: uh, this is obviously a, a, a classic. It's got some, some phenomenal songs. Um, I have watched it before. I watched it again. I one, one I, I know in a moment you're going to be talking about the, the stage production, but one one scene I'd forgotten the um, the details of, which I really liked, was where Eliza is at the horse racing, and she's speaking in a very posh voice, but using all the same terms and language that she used um, beforehand, which I thought was uh, was very funny
1: i love that it was so well done on stage as well um mm.
0: yeah uh, her cockney accent yes i don't know why that doesn't get more criticism because it's <laughs> terrible <laughs> i had to defer to you colin is it, is it the same year as dick van dyke or, the, or was that did julie andrews win for mary poppins or did she win for, she won for mary poppins yeah Mary so it would have been the same year that D- dick van dyke was doing his terrible cockney accent exactly it was really yep it's a big year for terrible cockney <laughs> accents um and if I if I were quibbling about the uh the accuracy of the film, she does go from total cockney to Duchess in about three seconds. Um well, she spends a long time not changing at all. Then you immediately becomes perfect. Um, that's
1: how that's how it works, right, Colin? Um Is that right? <laughs> is that that's right? how I'd time take... works. Montages work.
0: I suppose it is. But I, I love Audrey Hepburn and uh, I love the songs and Rex Harrison is, is perfect in the role and I can't I mean,
1: he, he originated the role right he won best actor for it and mm. he i think he, he can't sing you know no. rex harrison no. can't sing but he created this whole singing in by speak kind of thing so mm. he can speak in perfect pitch that's what he does right
0: and i hadn't realized until reading the wikipedia page for this uh, this week this week um that he refused to be pre-recorded saying that he couldn't match the same rhythms each time so we kind of surprised by that, no? yeah so apparently it was quite revolutionary in terms of being able to record the songs live on set because that was not something that anyone ever did before
1: wow um Good work. yeah i grew up watching this film a lot my 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 dad particularly loved um loves musical films uh in general so i grew up watching loads of old musicals uh and my fair lady was one of them multiple times and mm. you know when when I was a child, my rain, The Rain in Spain is very popular. Uh, oh, yeah. A very, very popular song. You keep trying to say that. And, you know, this is how we improve our English, right? <laughs> uh, is, is,
0: that, is
1: that right? No. Is, that still, is
0: that still used in the world no, of uh, elocution? <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, to begin with, I don't pronounce it as the rain in spine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to start with. Like,
0: no, that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, I saw the play recently, uh, mm. a couple of weeks ago, My Fair Lady. And yeah, it just brought back very good memories. Um, one, A few things that I didn't realize when I was uh, watching the movie and reading a Wikipedia page was that the original musical play, um, they had the intermission when she started dunce- dancing with the Bulgarian, the Ser- Serbian guy.
0: Yep, Bulgarian, Serbia, sort of in it.
1: Whereas uh, in the film, the intermission was when she comes down the stairs in... Um,
0: Mm. In her
1: gown, and they actually fixed they changed the musical, the one that I saw, the play, to emulate the film. So
0: did they? Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Okay,
1: they had an the intermission there. Although I always wonder why they chose to have the intermission there, because it's very clear that the the songs in the first half of the film is better than the songs in the second half of the film <laughs> before the intermission. Right. It's def- you remember the songs more in the uh, before the intermission than after. Um, also Richard, one thing.
0: They, um, I I have often walked down the street before, that's that's what, I like that one. Is that that's second half, isn't it?
1: Oh, oh well, yeah, that came second half in the film. It was in the first half in. The, oh right, the musical. Okay. So that's interesting. All the songs were in the first half. Yeah, oh. by, by the intermission I was looking. at My friends were like, "Yeah, what's going to happen in the second half?"
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> in it tough, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. And one last thing that yeah that probably I ask you as well, Colin. Oh, yeah. Is
0: there actually a love story in this? Well, I—I I must admit this is only the second time I've seen it all the way through, and I—I misremember because I thought she ended up with it's is Freddie, isn't it? The yeah, Freddie. Yeah. But I—I I, I thought she ended up with him, but then at the end of the film, she just goes back to Henry Higgins, and he's like, "Get my tea." And I'm like, ooh, ooh, I'm not sure about this ending. Yeah. So, um, is yeah, is there a love story? I mean, Freddie loves her. She doesn't seem to care much for him. Does she love him? Henry Higgins? Does he love her? I,
1: I, I honestly don't think so. I don't no think idea. so, right? Yeah. Like, I think she, she, I mean, Freddie clearly loves her. You know? Yeah. He definitely has a song about her. <laughs> you yes. know, um, she tolerates Freddie. <laughs> yeah. I would say that, but I think she tolerates Henry Higgins as well. And I, I don't, I think, I don't even know what kind of relationship that is. No. It's not, is she going back as a servant? Is she going <laughs> as a companion? I mean it's not respect because he clearly doesn't respect her. Is it?
0: He's grown across to her face as he sings. But uh, well, what does that mean? Yeah, I have no idea. I've not read the original play, so I don't I don't know how well that so, how that one goes. So but, um, they ch-
1: they changed that in the um, the musical that I saw recently. I probably oh, because yeah. after all of this, uh, you know, after it's been a long time since the film came out yeah. and a lot of things yeah. have changed since then. But at the end of the film it's the same words that he said. Like, she comes back, he says, oh, Where are my slippers? Mm-hmm. And she just walks away. All <laughs> oh, right. Or, or out of his life, basically. I think that's the that's the implication from it. And he just stares at her as she goes.
0: And is, that, is that played as a kind of triumphant ending? Is that, that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I it's a bit weird, right? The, the ending of my family is always a bit weird with me. I don't yeah. know what they're trying to get.
0: Yeah, I say so I I had forgotten that scene. And it felt so weird watching it, um, watching it now. Okay, but but apart from that bit, yeah, very good.
1: I love my fair lady. I'll watch it again.
0: There you go. Next time we're doing uh, Active factor, and just to maintain the the things we're going to see on stage theme, uh, it's going to be Rafe Spall, uh, a man that I will be seeing in *To Kill a Mockingbird* next week. Nice. Oh. Uh, I was surprised by how many films I've seen and completely forgotten him in. So if I do bump into him afterwards, I'll mention to him. He's been in quite a few films. He's been in a lot of good stuff uh, and some pretty bad stuff. Um, We move on then to our final segment, which is the quiz. Uh, Zizan, you have suggested the quiz um, on the films of Alex Garland. Uh, Take it away.
1: Um, So, question one. X Machina's plot is a loose adaptation of which Shakespearean play.
0: Um, none. <laughs> um, I have seen X Machina a couple of times. I have read much of Shakespeare. I'm pretty sure um, it's not as like any of them. But let me see if I can. If I had to pick one. Yeah.
1: If you had to pick one.
0: If I had to pick one. Yeah. Um, well, it's about uh, creating new life, I guess, and testing that. I mean, it, it's some aspects of The Tempest, I suppose. Uh, I'm going to say The Tempest yeah that's correct
1: um, okay. he's supposed to be like Prospero and his daughter kind of oh then, Miranda okay uh, Miranda and then Ferdinand comes in right is it Ferdinand?
0: yeah he's one of
1: them yeah comes in and falls in love with the daughter oh
0: brave new world that has those people in yeah okay I mean I'll take the point <laughs> um, question one for you Annihilation has got several uh, MCU actors in it um, but which is the only one who is British?
1: huh
0: Wow. Bearing in mind, that I've not checked the forecast list, so there might be some like some guys played minor roles. And if you get that right, I suppose I'll have to give it to you. But um...
1: <laughs> Who is British? So, Nancy the is in it, but she's not British. Uh, there's Tessa Thompson, and there is uh, Oscar Isaac. That's all I know who's in it, who I'm Well, MCU films, right, you say? So Oscar Isaac isn't in it either. Uh,
0: I didn't say MCU films, but it, it is MCU films, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not Natalie Portman, right? So I'll just go to Tessa Thompson then. But I don't think it is. Uh, Benedict Wong. Oh, I keep forgetting he was in it. Yeah, I, I realized I was surprised when Benedict Wong is British.
0: Yeah, I forgot he was in it, and I, I, I did. I did remember he was British, but only after Multiverse
1: Madness. Hmm. Hmm. Simple question: Annihilation is based on a novel of the same name by which author?
0: Now I looked this up because I thought Zizan's definitely going to ask this. Simple. I even I even practiced saying it a couple of times.
1: I mean cost like
0: uh and of course I
1: forgot. <laughs> oh my goodness, like <laughs> Yeah There's not some, many questions I can ask with this.
0: Yeah. Uh I yeah, so I uh, something like Jan Vandermeer.
1: Fine, I'll give it to you. <laughs> You're a generous man. Yeah, Jeff Vandermeer. Love it. Yeah. Jan I to mean, his you got last, you got the last name correct, so that's all that matters, right? Good so. enough.
0: And you are four points ahead, four quizzes ahead for the year, so you can afford to be generous. Fine. Um, um question two. Of the many characters played by Rory Kinnear in Men, yeah. what is the name of the one who is the owner of the manor house?
1: Ooh. Is it Howard? Ooh. Howie. It's close to that, I know.
0: It's Jeffrey. Ah, uh, dang it. That's <laughs> not close no. at all. why did I get Howard from? I've well, no idea. <laughs>
1: I say that with so much confidence as
0: you well. You did. I, so confident you made me think maybe I was wrong, <laughs> <But> <laughs> not, I'm, I'm confident of this one.
1: Uh, you got this easily, Colin. Uh, which okay. British actor played all the men in men. Kinnear. Yeah. I like him Kinnear as well. He's a I good actor.
0: I hated him in Man Up. But I like some other stuff. Uh Garland oh dear me. Garland was rumoured to have been the real director of Dread. Uh, but who was the credited director?
1: Oh wow. I didn't know that news
0: yeah it was um basically he he wrote it and he was on set all the time i think carl urban has said basically he, do, he basically directed it
1: <laughs> yeah i definitely
0: don't know this at all so no, i'm not going to even hesitate i guess so yeah uh, I i wonder for this in if there'd been more than three Alex um uh pete travis oh huh, cool
1: um i've got very easy this quiz to be fair i've gone very hard <laughs> yeah i noticed <laughs> <laughs> question well, for yeah more. Anyway, on. Which of the three films resulted in the first Oscar to be won by distribution company A24? Um, X Machina. That's correct. They won for best visual effects, and they it's probably the best visual effects with the least budget as well mm. for a long time since 1998, I think. Um, and you know, th- this is competing with Star Wars, which came out that year.
0: Mm. And when the Avengers was over. Maybe, just, maybe not yeah I, I remember being surprised by that one but uh, fairly uh, speaking of which um, what Oscar was X Machina nominated for but didn't win
1: uh, best original screenplay correct uh, and the last question is um, which of the three films was deemed too intellectual and too complicated by a financier who demanded changes including changing the ending this was not done as a producer sided with Alex Garland
0: uh, it was Annihilation that's correct uh, which can me full marks but here you go his own, um, here's a very difficult question for you wow um, what is the name of the search engine company that Caleb works for in Ex Machina
1: I saw this it's something like Blue Book or something
0: it is precisely Blue Book okay. yeah uh, but uh, I take the I take the the, the prize on that one uh, closing the gap to three quizzes uh, next time we are quizzing on the Hunger Games movies
1: oh we haven't done that
0: I was slightly surprised we haven't done that uh, wow but I, did, I did check and we haven't so um nice sounds good you there um nazi yes what is our next what is our topic for next time
1: finally thor thor
0: four. thor four, love and thunder which we might even be seeing together yeah so potentially yeah um i will try and get my microphone sorted for next time yes <laughs> please do we will see you then bye